The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Last week, we began a series called Others. And um, man, man, we just got really, some really good feedback on uh, this series that we're beginning. And the topic of conversation for last week was that, that Christians see life differently. We, we see life differently. And I want to encourage you, like I said, download the app, listen. I know that many of you, because of business, you have to be gone. And you're gone two or three times a month. Stay connected with us because we're growing together as a family. And, um, and I'll tell you that... As we started talking about um, last Sunday, how to see life different, uh, the main takeaway was the goal is not happiness. The goal is wholeness. See, in our culture, every movie that comes out, every song that we listen to, there's a, there's, there's a, a philosophy that's happening in our culture today, and the culture wants to tell you life is about happiness. But here's the deal. If that is the case, then you're going to live a lot of unhappy days. Because if you chase happiness, see, I got married because she made me happy, now she don't. I had kids and they were supposed to make me happy, but now they don't. This job was supposed to make me happy, but now it doesn't. And before we know it, if we chase happiness, then you'll never really find it. But if you chase wholeness, where the Spirit of God is able to transform your life and you're able to be content. Paul said, I've been wealthy and I've been broke, but in all things, I have been content. See, if you can be whole in your heart and in your mind, then here's the deal. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. And, and we started to talk about that, you know, learning and for us to understand and apply the Bible to our lives helps us affect others. Because the reality is when we become whole, our compassion goes up. We begin to see other people differently. We begin to want to help people. We want people to walk in the same victory than we, that we have experienced. And so the goal for a believer is that you get this right so that you can get other people on a page of understanding and knowing who Christ is. That's why there is a cross. There's a vertical section and a horizontal section. And the reality is our relationship to God, when we get this right, we're able to reach out and connect with other people. And because of that, God's able to use us. Real quick, I want to give you two verses, and then we're going to walk through some things that we're going to discuss today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak the same thing. That there be no division among you. Someone needs to tell America. But, but that you would be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The reality is this. What we have, and I'm just going to talk about this for a second. I'm not, I, I, it is not my goal for us to be overtly political, but I am highly Christian. Well, you all laugh about that, but there's some things now that are political issues that are just biblical issues. And so now the church can't talk about anything. So that's why people aren't growing, because we only have to talk about Jesus. Because if we talk about anything else, people get offended. But the reality is there is division in our, in our country because there's division in our church. 
Listen, the Bible's very clear. Hey, the Bible says you can't walk together unless you agree. Come on, I, I want a multicultural, multi-generational church where, you know what, I'm interested in your life. I want to see you succeed. You want to see us, me succeed. We all want to go and, and, and do what God's called us to do together. I mean, everybody's way too offended. Everybody's mad about something. Listen, the reality is sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. But you get to make a choice all the time. You get to make a choice because here's the deal, and this is so crazy. The last choice is always yours. Well, my mom, my dad, my cousin, my this, my aunt, my, my. But the last choice is always yours. And come on, from our church and from our church people, our nation needs to see that we can love each other even when there's a little bit of difference. We can, we, we can lean on love. A Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Let's look at this. Bearing one another and forgiving one another. Can we just stay there? If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you must also. Who are you mad at? Stop it. Thus saith God, just stop. Stop. If you have been holding this unforgiveness for a long time, it's breaking you. It's hurting you. You are the one that doesn't have freedom. You're the one that's missing out on Christmas. Come on, you're the one that's mad all by yourself. You're, it's affecting you. It's affecting you. See, we have a calling on our life as believers to affect other people. We have a responsibility to seek and save the lost. This is the heart of Jesus, to use our life to spread the light and love of Christ to other people. As believers, we are living for more. We are living for more. We are living for more other than just being comfortable or in control or achieving. We are living for more. Our mandate is that we live for more. And here's the deal. That, that is a spiritual principle. That's why we're always hungry to achieve. But we have to make sure that the external doesn't trump the spiritual. God's not mad that you win in life. God wants you to make money, to expand your family, to expand your business. None of that's wrong, except for that's not the point. There is a hunger in all of us to know God, to affect people, because at the end, there's only going to be two things that are measured, how you did and what you did. For Him. As we look at this, let's look at this. Scripture tells us that every day we have more opportunity for grace and faith and influence. Gone are the days, come on, in the 80s and the 70s. I don't know how we got trapped up into this, but we had this private versus public faith. And so privately, our faith was really strong, but publicly, we couldn't share it. Now, that's why people look at the church as if it's not really valuable today. Listen, when me and my wife, we go up to Pinnacle, you know what I'm saying? And we're about to shop and do some stuff and we're holding hands. I've never met anybody run up to us and go, wow, we all hold hands and shop for like bears and stuff. <laughs> Dresses and t-shirts. I just know you are so different. God is exuding from you. 
just coming out, just sweating Jesus. But somehow we've got into this idea as, as, as a church culture, well, it, it doesn't matter what you say, just live it, live it. And so, you know, words are great, but actions, you live it. Okay, you understand, Jesus didn't just live it. Dude talked all the time. The disciples talked all the time. There's a talking portion and there is a, a living portion. And the reality is, I, I understand, there's been countless churches that stole, embezzled, had affairs, shut down. And so what we said is we want leaders and people and Christians to have some character and we want you to live it off the stage. I'm with you. But that doesn't ever mean we stop talking. It's not an either or. It's a both all the time. It's a both. And for us, we have to move out of this private faith and into a public expression. Not weird, just I live this thing publicly. I go to work and I'm a Christian and I don't turn that off. I go to a a basketball game and I don't turn it off. I go to the grocery store and I don't turn it off. I never turn it off because it is who I am. I think that recently I saw this in real time a couple weeks ago with the national championship. Now, I didn't know much about the coach of Clemson, you know, and I was, I was pulling for Bama. Come on. I know, I know. Some of y'all were like, I'm done with Bama. But, but, but I, I was pulling for Bama. Then I started to do a little research on this coach. And I was like, dang. <laughs> Redo. <laughs> I just liked him. And so it, it was funny because, I mean, obvi- obviously, the Clemson head coach, Sweeney, one, now one of the top football coaches uh, in America, went to a fellowship of Christian athletes gathering, got saved. Now he lives with a mission to share his faith. Here's what he said. I've never been bashful about telling people that I'm a Christian. That's just who I am. Coach Sweeney stayed true to his convictions, offering opportunities for spiritual growth for each of his players. The coach in 2014 went through the fire because organizations like the Freedom from Religious Foundation sent him a letter, sent Clemson a letter claiming that Sweeney was too Christian and he had approved 87 devotions between March 2012 and April of 2013, but this guy did not stop. Sweeney stood tall, claiming that any religious activity involved in their football pro- program was volunteer. Was, was, was vo- vo- there was a voluntary move for the players. In the homes of recruits, Sweeney would promise parents that if their sons came to play with him, they would grow academically, athletically, and spiritually. Wow. Sweeney had been on record saying, I cannot come to work and not be a Christian. Here's just a little video. I want you to just see this a little bit. I don't, we have the ability to play that. Turn, turn that up.
good here's the thing we should be the best employees we shouldn't be oh man I gotta work today <laughs> we should be like I love opportunity I get a chance to shine come on baby I'm fixing to be the best worker you know that table's gonna be so clean but it doesn't matter what it is there should be a difference about our effort, about our work, how we work, how we talk, how we engage. And I love the fact this guy didn't go, Jesus, 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 which religious people would like. He just talked like a Christian. He just talked like a Christian. Hey, you know what? I want to thank God. This guy came from poverty. You know, his first year at Alabama, his mom had to move in with him because she was broke. The reality is he just has a testimony and he's able to share it. And guess what? There will be some who want it and some who don't. But the some who want it, you can change their life. You can change their life. We're so frustrated and we don't want to offend those who don't want it. But what about the ones that do? What about the ones that are broken right now, that are in their house, pacing the floor, wondering when, when everything is going to change? How come my life doesn't work? Frustrated about where they're at. We provide the answer to the world. I want to give you some thoughts here as we look at our scripture for today. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. And I want to read through this, and then I'm going to spend some time talking about this in depth. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and now behold, Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus um, entered and passed through Jericho, and, and now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. He ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And Jesus came to the place. He looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down today, for I must stay at your house. So we made haste and came down and received him fully, with joyful, joyfully. But when they saw it, he complained, saying, Has he gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner? Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to your house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come, come on, to seek and to save that which was lost. This story is about the process of transformation and it happens right before our eyes. As we continue this discussion and we're talking about others, my assignment today is that we've got to live for more. We've got to live for more. As a believer, we live 
for more. And today I want to give you five thoughts that every believer should embrace. Five thoughts that every leader should embrace. The first one is this. Is on the way a supernatural encounter can happen. Come on, I don't know if you, how much Bible you know, but the reality is Jesus is walking through Jericho. Now Jericho should pop out to you because in the Old Testament, Jericho fell down. Come on, all the people of Israel, the army of God walked around Jericho. Y'all, did, and y'all sang the song when you were a kid and the walls come tumbling down. down. Y'all know, y'all know. And so what they did is the armies of God walked around Jericho seven times and Jericho Jericho fell. Jericho was in the way of what God wanted to do, so it fell. I find it interesting that Jesus is there. There are three major moments that happen with Jesus in Jericho. The first is that he heals a blind man. The second is that he tells the story of the Good Samaritan, which, just to paraphrase the story, is there were some religious people. Everybody was on their way from Jerusalem. Jerusalem is called the city of peace. Jerusalem to Jericho. You better check, you better look and listen, check this out, because I find it interesting that Jesus' story deals with coming from peace and going into where it's broken. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus does not say, stay in Jerusalem, stay where it's easy, stay where it's peaceful, stay where it's... He's talking about a story where people are moving from Jerusalem to Jericho and on that way, on that pilgrim, on that journey, he comes across a man who's broken. Come on. There are great things in here and we want the peace of God to move in this place. But here's the deal, you can't stay here. You can't stay here. We can't stay on Sunday mornings. We can't just stay here. We just can't just, just, oh, I live for Sunday morning. No, come to Sunday morning, but live for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And let's walk to Jericho and let's see how many broken people are along the way that we can help pick up and minister. Come on, somebody. This is the third situation. Well, I talked about the first was when Jesus healed a blind man. Second was the story of the Good Samaritan. Third is right here. Now, what we don't know is that this is Jesus' last time in Jericho. He won't be back. As he's not coming back, here is the thing. He's walking by and Zacchaeus begins, something begins to stir in him. There's a conversation between Zacchaeus and himself and he's longing for something. Something is going on in Zacchaeus. Come on, somebody. And gee, people, the time, the city, nobody knows. And can I tell you, you don't know, but tomorrow may be a day. You don't know, but Friday may be, and, it'll, and here's the deal. It'll be a day when the order wouldn't shift right. Things <laughs> turn out. You know what I'm saying? It's the day when you want to act like the devil, but everybody needs Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It, it, the, that's the reality. On the way, you never know when a supernatural encounter can happen and change everybody in the Change a coworker that you've been talking to. Change, and I'm not talking about going and breaking protocol in your office or in your business. I'm just talking about being salt and light. I'm just talking about being salt and light. And the reality is, here's the deal. It's very important for us. Zacchaeus, was he too bad? Was he too short? Was he too... I, I, don't, I don't know all that. 
But as believers, we have to open our eyes because it was Jesus that said, the harvest is plentiful, plentiful, but the workers, come on, are few. They're everywhere. The second thing is this. There are people who are searching. Today, there are people who are searching. There are people that finally decided to break off that, that, that harmful relationship. Today, today, today someone said, I'm done with this addiction. Today, someone is in their apartment or in their house today, and they've had enough. I can't go any further being like the way I am. Today, there are people searching, and we have to be ready. Come on, Zacchaeus? Zach? <laughs> You know, there's not too many places in the Bible where they outright call you a sinner. <laughs> but it's written in. This, this dude, a tax collector, he, he aligned himself with Rome. He became rich at other people's expense. He was corrupt. The Bible calls him a sinner. He didn't have the best reputation. But Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus saw potential where other people may not have. Come on, in college, at work, in your school functions, at the park, at restaurants, we've got to know that there are some people who are seeking. And what if that invitation to church changes their life? What if that invitation to coffee, what if that invitation, what if that moment begins to change their whole life? There are people who are searching. I find it interesting that as the Bible describes Zacchaeus, he is short. <laughs> like, it, 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 like it, it describes his physical body. And can I tell you, too many times we have cut short our influence of people because of how other people looked externally. God may be calling you to this relationship to help mentor, disciple, help, but they don't, they don't look like you. They don't act like you. Maybe, maybe they're a little bit different, but, but what does that matter? Because countless times in the Bible, remember in, when David was chosen, Samuel walked in to, to Jesse's sons and saw the oldest, and God began to speak to Samuel and said, don't pick what you see. Don't pick what you see. I've already chosen somebody. Listen, there are people out there searching. The third is this. We need to know that some people don't get it. Some people just won't get it. And, and, and I have just, the kingdom of God is for the whosoever wills. Now, it's open to everybody. But I can't be mad at all the people who don't. I just got to be able to disciple and mentor and teach and do life with those who will. Yeah. And, and some people won't like that, but that's the reality of it. Now, here's the thing. The religious people looked. Now, here's the deal. None of them wanted a private meeting with Jesus. And if they did, they were just going to question him. Well, who do you think you are? What do you think you are? Well, who do you? Well, who told you? Well, you're fasting. You're not fasting. What's wrong with you? I don't want to have a meeting with y'all. Well, think about this. The people that Jesus wanted to have a meeting with were people who were climbing trees, showing passion, wanting to see, wanting to hear. I just want to see him. I just want to touch. I just want to hear him. I just want. Those are the people that I want to fill up this house because those are the people that will go out and be different than they came in. Yeah. I'm not trying to have a house full of people who are, why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? Why do you, want, you want to go to two services? 
Before you know it, you'll have three crosses out in the front. <laughs> I love you, but just know this. I'm not making decisions for you. If that's your thought, the reality is, I've already met people like that. I can never make you happy, so I'm not going to try. I'm not. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna look for the people that are climbing up a tree, that wanna see God move in their life, that are open, open to hearing what God wants to do, and guess what? I'm gonna go meet with those people. Well, I've been in the church seven years. And I've never had coffee with a pastor. That's good. You hear what I'm saying? That's the reality. Is that Jesus knew the heart of Zacchaeus. Come on, I don't know where you're at, but do you know that Jesus knows your name? I teach, I'm coaching basketball. We've been coaching about three weeks, and there's about three kids I don't even know their name. They all look the same, and so I'm like, they're skinny, they're super skinny, they're all about the same height, and I'll call Alex, Caleb, Caleb, Alex, I I even mess up my own kid's name. The reality is Jesus knows your name. He's not trying to ask it. He's not trying to inquire. He knows your name. I love the fact that in the first meeting, Jesus comes up to Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, get down here. I'm going to your house. Some of y'all, that would have just tripped you out. I need a little warning. My house might be dusty. (laughs) Listen, listen. Look how the religious respond. Some people don't get it. What's he doing? Why is he doing that? Why is he talking to them? What's what's he, what's he? If you see people making this face (laughs) at church, don't sit by them. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying that some people just are going to have a deal about Jesus. I'm trying to hear to seek and save the lost. This man's broken. He's climbed a tree. He's put the way the society describes him up on a tree for everyone to see his inadequacy. While you guys are busy hiding yours, the short man's up in the tree. You hear what I'm saying? The reality is this, is that this is what Jesus came to do. Seek and save the the lost. What we want to do is we want to train and equip the believer to live a life that works. The fourth thing is this. Come on, y'all with me? The fourth thing is this, we gotta give an invitation. We gotta give an invitation. One of the reasons that we are Moving to two services, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of seats, but th- th- everybody's not here not saved. In Northwest Arkansas, yeah. <laughs> from, from what I know, is there still a little bit more light 
that we need to have. And so don't get it twisted. Jesus was the founder of the church and the builder of everything and started a great, incredible work that other people got to find fulfillment in and, and feel and understand their calling. The church, our goal in this church is not to stay small. Our goal in this church is to train up leaders and ministers of the gospel yeah. that can go out because here's the deal. I don't want a little circumference. I want to take as much ground as we can be faithful over. That's good. And I'm not going to let a couple personalities determine how much that is. That's the reality. There are broken people out here. Come on, have you ever had a broken moment? Come on. Have you ever had a moment when, when I just, I, I need a little help? Give an invitation. Ask them to come to church. Ask them to come to a service. Ask them to come to an outreach. Ask them to come to a life group. Not only you come to a life group, but bring a friend to a life group. And I promise you, when they're done with that life group, they're not going to feel worse about themselves. If so, we did something horribly wrong. We're going to call them life groups and not death groups. You know what I'm saying? Make it personal. Get to know them. Give an invitation. Don't be scared of it. You know what is funny to me? Is there's not too many times that, that this happens with Jesus. But G, I think Jesus just come, sometimes kind of just switches it up. Just because you, you think you got Jesus pegged and he's going to be over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he begins to do miracles, but then all of a sudden there's that time when he spits in someone's eye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just in case you think I'm just coarse, you know, I'm just, you know... I put my pinky out. You know what I'm saying? Just, just when you think I'm this guy, I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to go redneck on you. You know what I'm saying? Just when you think I'm this guy, I'm going to go this guy. And, and for Jesus, Jesus doesn't even ask this guy to come to his house. He's like, get down here. I'm going to your house. Listen, some of you, that's exactly what you need, some, some of you need to be asked, but some of you need to listen to what God has been saying to you because here's the deal. It will change your life. Jesus was not after Zacchaeus to make him feel better. Jesus was after Zacchaeus because he knew the capacity in Zacchaeus. We've got to Give an invitation. The last thing is this. Converted, a converted person is a changed person. Look at this. A converted person is a changed person. I love the fact that Jesus did not have to talk him into serving him. Jesus didn't have to go through all of the, there was a time, they were talking, and then at the end of this conversation, here is what Zacchaeus says. If I have stole, I will not steal anymore. If I have taken, I will go give. See, the reality is, how do you know that Christ has truly made an impact on your life is because you start moving to becoming a giver. I'm a giver. You know, I want to give my time. I want to give my talent. I want to give my treasure. I want to give. I want to be able to give. A sinner can change. 
Can I tell you, some of you are hoping for your brother, your sister, your dad, your mom, your husband, your wife. And can I tell you, you are not in a position to give up. You never know when it's their day. You never know when God's going to come in. You never know when that moment's going to happen. And all of a sudden, the thing that made them who they are, they're ready to lay down right before Jesus. Now check this out. This man was not poor. This man was wealthy. This man had money. This man had, had, had a contract from Rome to be able to do what he wanted to do. This man had authority. Now, now I just want to walk through this. Money, notoriety, fame, Authority, and it wasn't enough. I understand it would be better if you got that raise, but after you get it, you need to know it's not enough. I know it would be great when you get that house, but after it, it's not going to be enough. I know it would be great if you finally got married, but after it, it won't be enough. I know it will be great when you finally have kids, but after it, it won't be enough. Because here's the thing, it's about Jesus. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not, a, it's not a converted person is a changed person. And I love the fact that Jesus leaves and no longer has to babysit this man's faith. Because I'm willing to go out and do whatever I need to do to make it right. Come on, church. We gotta live for more. We gotta live for more. Zacchaeus is waiting. Zacchaeus may be out at Walmart. Zacchaeus may be at J.B. Hunt. Zacchaeus may be walking the, 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 the campus of Fayetteville. Uh, 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 she Zacchaeus. Uh, she, I don't even know how to make that a girl's name. Uh, yeah. Listen, you don't know where she's at. You don't know where he's at. But I can tell you this, they need you. They need you. And if you're here today, and maybe you've been a little scared. Maybe you've been a little intimidated. And here's the thing. I know this because many Christians feel like they have to be super knowledgeable about everything before they say anything. And can I tell you this, in the Bible, I'm, I'm going to wrap up with this. In the Bible, God never leaned toward those that had all the education, all the understanding. He always leaned to those who were willing. And I'm telling you, the Bible says if you're willing, you will eat the good of the land. If you're willing. And so here's the deal. I want a church that's willing. You know what? Nobody walks in this door without us saying hi. I want people to feel like they're over-greeted. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean bumping, breaking everybody's proximity. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all, that's why we got mints. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, come on. 
Come on, world. We're living for more. We're living for more than this life. We're living for it. We're living our life on purpose and for a purpose. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.